Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intelligence, forecasts, and success strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Bull. Thanks for joining us on one of the radio stations, iTunes, YouTube, or the show website, CREshow.com. Well, we have an incredible show for you today. The title is End of Expansion Cycle or Beginning of a Robust Economy. Really, where are we? How long are the good times going to last? Some of the changes going on in the economy and with Trump, uh, interest rate changes. How is it going to impact the economy? Are we at the top of the market? Do we still have some ride left? Well, we're going to find out from some experts today. Please welcome my first guest, Bob O'Brien. He's global real estate sector leader with Deloitte. Bob, thanks for joining us on the phone today. Michael, great to uh, speak to you again. Looking forward to our discussion. Well, Bob, there seems like there is a lot going on in the economy. And, you know, whether you run a business or you invest in real estate or operate real estate, you're always kind of wondering, hey, what's around the corner? So the name of the show, uh, end of expansion cycle or beginning of robust economy, where are we? Well, predicting where we're at in the cycle is always difficult. But in this cycle, I think it's really difficult because I think it's been unusual, right? We... The cycle started with a recovery from the deep abyss of the global financial crisis. There's been you know, relatively slow economic growth um, over the course of the cycle thus far. And um, two of the primary drivers of the dramatically improved value we've seen in commercial real estate has been driven by low interest rates and, and lack of new supply. So predicting where we're at in the cycle and where it's going to end is is always a challenge. But I think in this cycle, it's particularly challenging. Right. And if you just looked at the length alone, where do we compare uh, in the number of years that we've been in a in a robust economy and, and uh, compared to past times? Yeah. And, you know, oftentimes you'll, you'll see people throw around um, 18 years mm-hmm. as a typical real estate cycle, right? And so... If you would say that um, the bottom of the cycle was hit in 2008, 2009, you were eight, nine years into an 18-year cycle, or, or maybe half of the way through it. On the other hand, though, when you start taking a look at real estate prices and, and where they stand relative to the peaks of uh, the previous cycle, you're saying, hey, you know, maybe this, uh, maybe this market's gotten a little rich. Are we uh, at risk of seeing a downturn um, in the real estate cycle sooner than that typical 18-year period. You know, my sense is no. You know, my sense is that um, um, the potential of economic expansion, um, the lack of too much leverage, um, the real lack of um, uh, new supply coming out of the market, although there is an uptick in supply, it's not at the level that we've typically seen right before a downturn. Right. Yeah, we haven't seen the type of new supply that we've seen in the past, and I agree. We don't have lenders fighting each other to do 90% uh, loans, and and we also don't have uh, people getting 100% loans on on houses, right? And I remember before the last downturn, you you go to a party, and everyone at the party is talking about all the houses and condos and everything they're buying, and we're not hearing that as well, are we? No. You know, I, I really do think that leverage and excess supply and the exuberance really represented by both of those are, are the two variables that really drive the, the downside of the cycle. And I, and I don't think on either of those we, we've hit that stage yet. And Bob, you mentioned that we've had really low interest rates, maybe historically low for this amount of time. So 
what impact does that have on the cycle? If we've been running along with these low rates and everyone's used to them, in fact, a lot of the sellers I talk to, you know, potential owners or sellers to me, I'm a broker, right? So uh, they're like, ah, interest rates are never going to rise, Michael. We're good. We'll, we'll hold on. Well, we are starting to see an uptick. What do you expect on interest rate increases and how might that impact the cycle in the economy of uh, real estate? Well, you know, just in and of itself, right, interest rate increases would likely have a negative impact on on real estate values and would likely have an impact, a negative impact on transaction volume. The question becomes, will those interest rate increases come with economic growth, right? One of the reasons the Fed is looking at raising rates is it takes a look at um, a, a pretty positive employment situation. You're starting to see people getting real pay increases, um, so there's some level of wage growth. You are um, starting to see some indications of inflation, and so, uh, you know, that is what's really driving, you know, any potential increase in interest rates. Those sorts of things could also drive improvements in real estate fundamentals and in growth, right, from a, from a real estate standpoint. And um, if you do get that growth, I don't, I don't think an uptick in interest rates alone is enough to, you know, create the uh, last leg of the cycle. Well, you have me smiling over here in Studio One when you say we might have 10 more years left in this uh, upswing. That would be uh, fantastic, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah but I, I really do think that's dependent on um, economic growth. And, you know, you mentioned um, Trump early on in the introductory remarks. If Trump is successful in his agenda around regulatory reform, around tax reform, around a uh, trillion dollars in infrastructure spending, you know, you're likely going to see economic growth that's been better than what we've seen thus far in the recovery. And uh, if that's the case, that's going to be a real positive for real estate. Yeah, and I guess if you look at the stock market as an indication of what's going to happen in the future, a lot of people are feeling uh, very confident that the economy is going to improve, right? Yeah, I, I think you see it in, in a number of different um, metrics. If you look at the stock market, you look at consumer confidence. Like I mentioned, if you look at some of the employment reports around uh, both workforce participation, uh, employment, and then also wage growth, all those things should be positive for real estate. Right. And you mentioned uh, interest rate increases. What do you guys expect for increases moving forward in 17 and maybe 18? Well, you know, one of the things we take a look at are inflation-adjusted bonds and um, and the spreads related to um, uh, swaps. And that certainly would indicate that there'd be an expectation of um, at least two, if not three, Fed rate increases in 2017 and, uh, you know, just in general interest rate increases. So market indicators certainly would imply that um, we may be seeing some interest rate increases here in 2017. And, Bob, if you will, look into your crystal ball. Tell me what you expect for 2018 uh, for rate increases by the Fed. Well, I think 2018, I think it all comes down to what the economy is doing, right? If, if the interest rate increases in 2017 uh, create a bit of a, a bit of a more than expected drag on the economy, I think, um, I think the Fed will uh, pull back a little bit on that. If Because we are, um, you know, pretty far into a, an economic recovery, um, 
you know, although things look very positive for real estate, it, it, I think it's more difficult to sustain the, an economic recovery 18 years. And um, so consequently, we, may, we could conceivably see a little pullback uh, as a result of interest rate increases uh, on the broader economy. Okay. And before you go, I'd like to get your opinion on where we are in the cycles for the different sectors. Are there certain sectors that you guys see maybe a little bit ahead of others if you look at the, uh, the sector based across the country? Well, you know, the first thing we looked at look at is um, supply increases, right? And in multifamily residential, that's probably been leading the way across all the sectors in terms of supply increases. And, and so consequently, you're already seeing a softening of fundamentals in, in some of those cities where you've seen the most supply increase. You know, initially we saw it in Washington, D.C., more recently uh, New York, San Francisco. Um, so multifamily residential is interesting in terms of, um, yes, there's been a shift to rental housing versus uh, owned housing. But, um, but nonetheless, because of supply increases, we've seen, you know, a little bit of softness in the fundamentals of multifamily residential in, in certain markets. Um, office looks very positive right now, although there will be some supply um, coming online over the course of the next two or three years that may ultimately soften some of the office fundamentals. But with the um, employment growth we were talking about before and the lack of new supply, office has been reasonably strong. Yeah. Uh, retail is challenging, right, in terms of the impact of uh, online shopping and the impact that's having on retail. And it, it does vary from the a malls to the B and C malls to the grocery anchored shopping centers. Well, Bob, know, I want to I want to get your opinion on hospitality too, and your opinion on the Trump effect. So stay with us. We'll be right back with more on the expansion cycle or robust economy. Where are we? Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease commercial real estate? You're invited to contact Bull Realty for customized asset and occupancy solutions. Call 404-876-1640 or visit bullrealty.com. Check out Valuate, a real estate analysis program that can be easily shared with colleagues online to do what-if analysis. Visit getvaluate.com. That's getvaluate.com. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Today we're talking with Bob O'Brien, Global Real Estate Sector Leader with Deloitte. And the title of our show is End of Expansion Cycle or Beginning of a Robust Economy. And Bob, before the break, we're talking about where we are in the cycle for maybe some of the various property types. And uh, so what do you think about industrial real estate? Well, industrial, uh, I would generally view positively. I, I think what we've seen is um, with the rise in same-day or one-day shipping from the e-commerce vendors, uh, there's been a real demand for industrial space. And, and that will likely sustain itself into 2017. I, I do think a, a risk is any significant changes in, in U.S. trade policy that negatively impact global trade. It could, that's the risk, I think, in industrial. Okay. And what do you think about hospitality? It seems like in you know, that business they can change their rates every five minutes. <laughs> yeah, and, and um, the issue, I think, in hospitality really is going to be around supply. Um, 
you know, from 2007 through 2015, there was greater demand growth than there was um, supply being added to the market. 2016, that switched, where you had more supply being added than you had demand growth. And in 2017, looks like that'll repeat itself as well. So it, I, that is going to have an impact on um, on RevPAR, on average daily rates, on occupancy of the hotels. And so things may be a little bit less robust let's put it that way, in the hospitality real estate side than that's been over the past few years. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. A lot of people do like to try to time the cycles. I know I've talked to some of the investors that I deal with, and uh, I'll call them in a robust economy like this, and they say, you know, Michael, thanks for calling us. I appreciate you checking with us, but you know we only buy in a recession. <laughs> you know, so you call us back uh, when the market changes. So when you look at where we are in the cycle for some of these property types, should you also kind of consider the, the market that it's in, you know, are you one of the five gateway markets, and may have they may improve faster and change faster? Or we're actually um, generally a, a bit more positive on what I'll call some of the secondary and tertiary markets that may not be quite as fully priced mm-hmm. as the gateway markets. Um, gateway markets are great long-term holds and um, great places for long-term value creation, but at this point in the cycle. You know, people would look at gateway markets and say, well, yeah, they're pretty fully priced. They look at secondary and tertiary markets, they may see more opportunities. Yeah, that's a good point. We've certainly seen that in Atlanta, where we're headquartered. There seems to be a lot of buyer interest here. So if you own a property in Atlanta, give me a call. <laughs> we'll get it sold for you. So let's talk about the Trump effect, Bob. You know, everybody's trying to gauge what he's going to be able to get done and how it's going to impact the economy. So how's it going to impact the commercial real estate and the cycle uh, moving forward? Well, I think some of his stated priorities around tax reform, around regulatory reform, um, and infrastructure spend are all very positives for real estate. The question is, you know, how will he be able to enact them? Will he be able to enact them? And will other uncertainties undermine that? Um, with respect to regulatory reform, um, you know, we, we saw lenders pull back a little bit in, in 2016 in terms of commercial real estate lending, in part because of regulatory pressure. And um, if the banks have um, you know, less of a regulatory challenge to deal with in terms of real estate lending, particularly on you know, what's been called highly volatile um, commercial real estate, that should create an opportunity for real estate developers to uh, perhaps get financing at better rates, uh, more availability of financing. You know, ultimately, that could lead to greater supply here in, a, in the next few years. And do you think that's one of the easier things for him to do? I, I do think that would be one of the easier things for him to do, um, from a um, at least from a regulatory rulemaking standpoint. Um, repealing Dodd Frank uh, that'll be more challenging, right? Because ultimately you'd have to get legislative approval around that. Yeah, you just can't tweet that, right? <laughs> yeah, there there may be ways of tweaking the implementation of Dodd Frank, but you can't just make the law go away without a legislative. No, uh, I meant activity. tweet it. You can't. You put it out on Twitter and get it done. No, no, that doesn't necessarily work. <laughs> so, what else in, in Trump's plans could impact the cycle? You know, one of the things he's trying to do is is reduce the tax rate, right? Corporate tax rate, maybe personal tax rate. Does that mean more jobs, and does that uh, really extend the uh, cycle for the office market? Well, you know, ultimately, it depends on how that is implemented, but it, it, it could be very positive for the broader economy. 
which is positive for real estate. It could create some unique challenges for real estate as well, though. Uh, so, for example, um, REITs have a, a, a tax-favored status under the current tax regime. You know, how much will that tax-favored status really be valued if, if there's significant tax reform and lowering of the corporate rates? Will REITs decide that they'd rather be uh, C corporations rather than REITs, for example, uh, under a different tax regime? So for some real estate companies, they're going to want to monitor the tax reform pretty closely. Okay. And what about consumer spending? Is, uh, you know, if he can reduce tax rates for individuals, you know, we're Americans, right? We're going to go spend it. Does that help retail? Yeah, I've always been a big fan of um, tax reduction as stimulus, right? Because it, it does encourage both um, um, consumer spend, but then also individual investment, both of which I think is good for real estate. Okay. Would you say overall, Bob, then, that after Trump won the election, that uh, your thoughts of the robust economy, the cycle it got extended a little bit there? Uh, was there enough positive stuff coming out of the Trump uh, leadership right now to say, yeah, maybe we thought we had X years, but now we have X plus some? Well, I, I, I think if he's successful in, in driving economic growth um, by doing some of the things he says he's going to do, it should impact economic growth, again, you know, around regulatory and tax reform and infrastructure spending. Yeah. I, I do think that does extend the cycle. Yeah. So what's the Vegas odds on him doing that? <laughs> we got I, you know, I, I think it's interesting. Like, infrastructure spend is bipartisan, right? I think there's interest on, on both sides of the aisle to do that. So I, I would view that as... Um, pretty good odds. I, I think tax reform is pretty complex, and you've got to get it done relatively quickly um, before you get to the next cycle of congressional elections. And, and, and so that makes that a little bit more challenging. Uh, regulatory reform, uh, because a lot of that can be driven simply by the executive branch, my guess is he will make progress on that. Yeah, that would be helpful. How about repatriation? If uh, we get some of these corporate funds back into the U.S., might he be able to get that done? How tough is that going to be, and what impact might that have? Yeah, so that ultimately will play into tax reform, right? And so um, I, I think there's a significant possibility that that would be part of any sort of tax reform package. But then you've got to assess the odds of getting that tax reform done. You know, we think that it's more likely than not tax reform will happen here in in 2017 but um but i you know it's far from a sure thing right uh like we said before you can't just put that on twitter right that's <laughs> take a that, that's uh heavy duty uh legislative work to get something like that done right all right so 10 more years so until 2027 i can be doing the snoopy dance yeah, 2026. 26. Don't go to 2027. <laughs> okay, 2026. Uh, so I can count my chickens until then. Uh, all right, Bob, thanks for joining us. We appreciate your information. It's high quality as always. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Michael. Always a pleasure to talk to you and to your listeners. Great. Thank you. And uh, stay tuned. We're going to have more on our show title today, End of Expansion Cycle or Beginning of a Robust Economy. We have some more economists and analysts joining us. And be sure you connect with us on Twitter, on LinkedIn, and on Facebook. You can find all our connections at CREshow.com. Stay with us. We'll have more right after this short break.
Excelligent, the resource professionals like CCIMs, CBRE, JLL, Colliers, and Bull Realty use for market intelligence. Commercial Search is the site to market and find available properties to buy, sell, or lease all over the country. Visit CommercialSearch.com. Are you in commercial real estate brokerage? Check out Apto. Created by and for commercial real estate brokers, Apto is the leading web-based platform for managing relationships, properties, listings, deals, and back office. Visit apto.com slash CRE show. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Today, our show is titled End of Expansion Cycle or Beginning of a Robust Economy. Please welcome my next guest. It's Kermit Baker. Kermit is Chief Economist with the American Institute of Architecture. Uh, Kermit, thanks for joining us on the phone today. Michael, great to be with you today. So, Kermit, where are we? I mean, are we uh, coming to the end of an expansion cycle? We have interest rates rising. We have a new president. Or, or is this the new beginning of some great times? Well, you know, I think we're going to see softer times, Michael, before we see another sort of uh, burst of momentum. Uh, you know, our current economic cycle began the second half of 2009, so we're seven and a half years into it. And, um, you know, I, I think we're seeing slower growth. Uh, you know, we're starting to see, you know, labor gains, payroll gains begin to slow down a little bit. Our unemployment rate below 5% is... Uh, at a very healthy level, so uh, hard to see how you get more workers into the workforce to, to generate uh, faster growth. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing we're going to, you know, uh, we're, we're going to see a bit of a slowdown over the next two years. Uh, uh, hopefully, not a recession, but but I don't see a, uh, I, I don't see an acceleration in the in the near term, at least. Okay, and the slowdown. You mean that the numbers should still still be good and and somewhat positive, but kind of the growth to slow down, or maybe a little bit of negative numbers in some places? You know, I, I, I don't see any negative numbers on, in, in the future. Let, let, let's take GDP. You know, we're expected to see 2 2.5% this year, you know, probably a little slower. You know, I think we could, uh, you know, very easily kind of end this cycle with, you know, with, with still seeing growth in the 1, 1.5% range, you know, kind of a little pause to catch our breath before things pick up again. But, uh uh, I, I, I don't like I say I don't see that accelerating yet, but I don't see it really falling off the cliff by any stretch either. Okay, and you mentioned jobs and job growth, and you know, one of the things Trump says that he's going to do is bring uh, jobs back to America with repatriation and maybe with corporate tax reductions and infrastructure. So uh, it might some of that happen, or, or what might be easiest to happen, Kermit? I mean, what what might he get done, and, and how that might that impact jobs in in our real estate cycle? Yeah, well, I, you know, I think there are, um, you know, uh, you know, uh, Trump's industrial policy. I think, uh, you know, I think we're going to see tax reform fairly soon with, uh, you know, lower personal and in and, and corporate tax brackets. You know, we've we've already seen the beginning of a scale back of regulations. I think all those are are pro business and 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 will generate, you know, more construction activity, which obviously our listeners are are, are concerned about. Um, but you know, there's still some other there's still some other roadblocks out there. You know, where do we get the workers for this growth? Particularly if we have a scale back in immigration, as I said, we're down below five percent in terms of uh, 
the unemployment rate and not a new a lot of new workers coming in line. So you need to you know, to get that growth. You really need to see uh, pretty serious gains in productivity. You know, for the math to work out there, and it's just not clear where that's going to come from, at least in the short run. So. Um, you know, um, I think the Trump administration is, is looking for, like, to pump GDP growth up to 3 4%. I, I just don't see that happening without creating an awful lot of inflation in our economy, a lot of uh, increase in interest rates, so, which ultimately I think would be counterproductive to growth. Right. And, Kermit, you obviously have your finger on the pulse of the architecture world. And, you know, and so you guys are kind of seeing what's coming down the pike. So when you look at the different sectors of commercial real estate, be it retail or office or institutional, uh, what are the cycles there? Do you see certain sectors that are maybe closer to the end of their cycle than others? Sure. And let me run through them with you, Michael. You know, first, I would put residential and really multifamily residential as one category. Second, the commercial areas you talked about, office, retail, hotel. Uh, even even related manufacturing would be in there, and third would be um, institutional kind of uh, education, healthcare, government buildings. Uh, you know, I, I think clearly near the end of the cycle on on multifamily construction, we're talking about some markets that look like they might be overbuilt, but I don't think we're going to see much growth there. Uh, commercial slowing down a little bit. Um, you know, the numbers have been very healthy through last year, and and will continue to be reasonably strong. I think. You know, mid single digit at least, um, maybe upper single digit for 2017, but then slowing down to uh, low to mid single digits. I think moving forward, and I think that the, the the one area where we're likely to see a bit more momentum behind it is the institutional side, uh, uh, education, potentially even 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 healthcare if we can work out the uh, uh, the Obamacare uh, issue. You know, get that resolved, and uh, and then some of the cultural and. Uh, 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 amusement uh, uh, facilities look like they're they're looking to see some strength too. Okay, and you mentioned commercial construction potentially slowing down some. You know the office, the retail, the industrial. So why is that? We hear some people thinking that hey, are construction costs going to continue to rise, or is it the lenders less apt to 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 loan? It seems like the the markets look good as far as occupancy and absorption. So what are the material things that could cause a slowdown in commercial construction? Yeah, well, you know, I think you're absolutely right in terms of that, and I think some of the Trump proposals are likely to generate a bit more capital to go into construction, so I think that's good. You know, the headwinds I see for commercial construction are, you know, we've talked very briefly about interest rate increases. It's going to be more expensive to... Uh, to, to build these, to finance these projects moving forward. And, and, and I think ultimately the, these higher interest rates are going to um, uh, you know, really begin to slow down some of the, uh, the, you know, the, the, the value numbers that we're seeing. Part of the construction strength has come from the, the fact that we've seen very strong appreciation in commercial property values, and that's largely been a function of low cost of capital. Um, and, and I think if that begins to reverse itself, uh, there won't be the same, uh, you know, incentive to build for capital appreciation. You'll have to get it out of rents and other things. And I think there's just, uh, you know, some ceilings on on how high rents can go uh, be, before, um, you know, be, before the, there, there's some market pushback on that. Yeah, that's a good point. I think especially for multifamily, a lot of the markets that we work, we're seeing rents get so high that the affordability becomes an itch- issue. We're talking with Kermit Baker, economist with. AIA and Kermit, you mentioned 
interest rate increases may be one of the reasons that commercial construction just slowed down moving forward. So what do you guys expect for Fed rate hikes in 2017 and maybe as far as into 2018? Sure. Uh, you know, so we've had two for this cycle already, two quarter point uh, increases. Um, you know, I, 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 I think conservatively we could count on two more this year, Michael. And, mm-hmm. and, and I'm guessing, you know, three is probably the uh, the consensus. And, and I'm hearing, you know, some folks say we could have as many as four quarter point hikes. So somewhere between a half and a full point in uh, interest rate hikes in 2017. You know, 18, I think, kind of depends on how the economy responds to the hikes we see uh, this year. You know, is is there a threat of over inflation? Is there a threat of uh, uh, sort of the economy getting getting ahead of itself? And that would that would prompt more. Um, um, So, you know, I'm guessing an 18, probably another two or three hikes. So, uh, you know, they're they're clearly moving up. Um, You know, I think that they've been the Fed has been giving pretty clear signals that they're going to be raising them. Uh, on a on a on a steady basis moving forward, uh, you know, long term rates are less under control of the Fed. Uh, they're likely to, to move up a little bit less, but 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 again, I think you know we've we've had sort of a six seven year down cycle in interest rates, and I think it's going to take a while for the economy to uh, 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 absorb these rate hikes in, and for investors to kind of see the implications of higher rates on on returns and, and investment flows and things like that. Okay. So when you think about all this together, the, the Trump effect, the, the interest rates, the, the new supply, the, the labor, potential labor shortage, labor shortage, you were thinking we have two more years of good times. How much, how much longer could we maybe do the Snoopy dance? Yeah, you know, I, I, and I don't say that two years is kind of the outside boundary of this. You know, I, I think 17 will see a healthy growth, but a little slower than 16. I think 18 is going to see continue to see growth, but a little bit healthier than 17. You know, I, I, you know, do we have this uh, elusive soft landing in 19 or 20? Uh, which could mean, you know, construction growth in the two, three percent range, GDP growth in the point, point and a half range, um, or do uh, do do we do we mess up in some in, in some way, you know, or does the economy uh, not respond, or is there some international situation that just kind of uh, uh, um, puts things off 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 track? Uh, uh, you know, when you're talking about growth in those, you know, like I say, point point and a half for GDP, two, three percent for construction. You don't need too much to to go wrong, Michael. Before it does tip it over into a downturn, into recession. So that that's that's an area where you really need to be very careful in terms of monetary and fiscal policy. Right, and you mentioned soft landing potential in nineteen or twenty, and I guess when you're you're on the commercial real estate shows, so we got a lot of people who own and control commercial properties, and I guess the really the lack of new supply in this cycle has been a little different than past cycles. So I guess if you're in the commercial real estate business, you'd hope that any downturn would be soft, right? Yeah, and I think that's that's going to be an advantage of this being a, you know, kind of, uh, uh, you know, such a slow, you know, agonizingly slow recovery here, as I said, sort of going on so far to seven and a half years. Um, and, you know, the construction markets don't look like they've you know, should be seven and a half years into a into an upturn. They're still kind of getting back to where they were at the at the peak of the last cycle. So, um, you know, the the, the flip side of that, um, 
of the agonizingly slow growth is that we're not overextended, we're not overbuilt in, in, in most sectors. There's just not that exposure we have for uh, a slowdown, really kind of ratcheting down values, ratcheting down rents, kind of um, uh, throwing up uh, vacancy rates. So it should be a should be a, 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 a you know calmer downturn this time. I think. Yeah. Well, it's kind of interesting times, isn't it, Kermit? I mean, if we have uh, rate reductions, tax rate reductions for corporations, for individuals, you know, do we have less money in the coffers to run the government, or is the economy so robust, you know, we have more? Yeah, exactly. I think that, you know, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. And, uh, you know, a lot of it will be, uh, you know, kind of as we started talking about, Michael, the implementation of some of the Trump administration proposals, which one of those are really going to, uh, um, you know, make their way into policy, which ones are going to kind of fall by the side uh, of the road because there's not enough interest or kind of too much pushback on that. And, 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 and then secondly, what what effect these policies that are implemented will have on the economy yeah. and on the construction industry is still 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 something I think we're, we're trying to sort out. All right. Well, Kermit, a closing tip for our listeners and viewers related to uh, the economy and what might happen moving forward? Well, you know, I, I think I, I, I think look very closely at uh, uh, at labor and and inflation and interest rates. You know, I think those ultimately are going to drive where we're going. I think they're all doing okay now, but I think all three of those are at risk of sort of uh, uh, getting a little bit out of line. And I think that's going to dictate sort of the next phase of the cycle. Yeah, good tip, Kermit. Thanks for joining us, sir. Michael, good talking to you. Well, stay tuned. We'll have more on the cycle and more on interest rates and what to expect. Robust economy or end of a great cycle. Stay with us. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Build out the best all-in-one marketing tool for your brokerage. Learn how you can create marketing materials instantly and streamline your property listings process. Visit buildout.com. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. The name of our show today is End of Expansion Cycle or Beginning of Robust Economy. Please welcome my next guest is Dr. Larry Souza. He's Senior Investment Economist with Pillar 6 Advisors. He's joining us on Skype today. Larry, thanks for being with us. Oh, you're welcome, Michael. Thanks for having me. So, Larry, really, where are we? I think it seems like we've been... Uh, uh, in this cycle, it's good times for, for a long time now, and uh, we're starting to see interest rates start to tick up. Where are we in the cycle? Well, uh, first thing is uh, we made it through the political cycle or the election cycle. With not too many bruises or scars, but uh, <laughs> we'll see how we do in the real estate and the economic cycle. Um, you know, it's a, we're in the uh, late stage, you know, growth peak phase of the, the business cycle. It really depends on what indicators you look at. Um, as we know, jobs, jobs, jobs really drives demand for commercial real estate. And uh, this is probably one of the best uh, job environments uh, that I've seen probably since 2006 and 2007, particularly in the core markets across the United States. Uh, the growth in jobs have, has definitely slowed and decelerated from year over year last year. And I think that's just because of the maturing of the employment cycle. But we are starting to see some 
uh, tech layoffs, and we are seeing starting to see some cutbacks, which I think is uh, um, natural, you know, in, in late stage of the employment cycle. So what do you expect then for employment moving forward in 17 and 18? Uh, well, what I'd like to see is uh, the labor participation rates come up and the unemployment rates come up, which means that people are feeling better about the uh, job prospects. They're starting to move back into the labor market. And I really would love to see the labor participation rate move up. It's at a historical low. It hasn't been this low at uh, 68% since 1973. It was at 78%. Uh, in the 70s, just think of all those people that have left the workforce. If we can bring them all back, I would uh, think that GDP growth rates and demand for commercial and residential real estate would would continue in lockstep. But uh, you really need labor policy to do that. And we'll see what the new House and the new Senate and the new uh, uh, president can do uh, for us. And that's a good place to go next, I think. So did your outlook adjust any when President Trump won the election? You know, it, it did uh, because, one, the stock market rallied and it's continued to rally and reach all-time highs, which means that cost of equity is really cheap. And if I was a company, I would probably be looking at my capital structure and uh, maybe taking advantage of, you know, high stock prices to recapitalize and bring down some of my debt levels. Um, I, I would say most economists have uh, adjusted and have added maybe another 12 to 24 months of the uh, the growth peak phase of the business cycle. It's really going to be dependent on negotiations that he has with uh, his uh, party, you know, both the House and the Senate, and to reconcile the tax cuts um, that he wants to push through. Although Ryan's saying that he wants it, them to be uh, tax neutral, which means that some areas of the tax code where people have had loopholes for years maybe taken aback and real estate is definitely a great place um, to, uh, uh, to, uh, to, to go after. Um, and then uh, my concern is the 1031 exchange, if they are going to go after the 1031 exchange. Um, but again, what is the neutrality you know, of the taxes and can he get the tax cuts? Same thing with the infrastructure spending. He probably is looking at about 500 to a uh, trillion dollars in stimulus in infrastructure spending. Again, um, uh, can he get those policies through uh, Congress and get them approved? I think the market has really run ahead um, and they're on some kind of Trump Kool-Aid personally. And I think when the realities of the, of the politics set hold, um, the market will probably pull back um, and we'll probably see a, a correction in the, in the stock market. And you mentioned uh, a minute ago that a 12 to 20 month, 24 month extension on uh, the good cycle that we've been in. And you said most economists, economists you think have added that or have not added it? They, they did. I mean, I was still, even even with, you know, the euphoria and really the, 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 the bump um, that he's given, if he can get the tax cuts and the infrastructure pushed through along with the wall and, you know, build up in military, that's all fiscally stimulus. Um, I was still, after taking those into consideration, I was still looking for a, or finding from my standpoint, an end of 2018 um, uh, mid-cycle correction. Um, we're, 
very late in the game in here. If you look at all a lot of the economic indicators, we've been underperforming and decelerating uh, over the last two, three years, depending on what indicators you're looking at. And a real reacceleration in the economy, I just don't see, um, unless interest rates st stay low and he can push through the tax cuts and the infrastructure spending very quickly. Okay, so mid-cycle correction sounds to me like you're not expecting a, a recession there, just uh, just a tweak, an adjustment? Yeah, I think a, a correction um, is definitely in store, particularly with rising interest rates. And I'm really concerned about the uh, sovereign debt loads um, that, are, that I see basically across the, the globe. I mean, China is heavily in debt. Uh, their corporate bonds are starting to default. And I'm not sure how long the central bank will continue to print money and buy their corporate bonds. Uh, Europe seems to be fairly conservatively leveraged. France is over leveraged. Uh, Russia is in a recession. If you look at other emerging markets like Brazil and Japan, they're over leveraged. And I think the, uh, the trigger event, the black swan event could be a sovereign default or multiple sovereign defaults. And I'm forecasting a, uh, a recession, a severe recession in 2021 through 23, because we've we've had a recession in the first five years of every single decade going back uh, post-World War II. We've only, we've only had three recessions in the last five years of any decade, and that was 08, 58, and 28. But every single recession or recessions have been in the first five years of every decade, and I really don't see that pattern um, changing. Well, that'd be interesting. So if you're putting a, a five-year loan on a property today and you have a call, Sorry. you're right in the middle of that uh, downturn. And you mentioned the 1031. And I think if they abolished the 1031, we'd have immediate correction, maybe some immediate problems. Absolutely. Do you expect that Absolutely. they'll go after that? You know, I, I think, you know, like the mortgage interest deduction, I think everything's on the table. I mean, Paul Ryan has been very vocal, very clear on, you know, this tax neutrality. We're not going to just cut taxes across the board. We're going to review everything. And if it's mortgage interest deduction or if it's 1031 exchange, which are the third rails, um, I don't think it's abolishing. It, it'll be phased out or means tested. Um, I think they'll figure out some mathematics to generate some tax revenue from it because real estate is just the perfect place to go to get tax revenues along with corporate taxes. Right. We're talking with Dr. Larry Souza. He's a senior investment economist with Pillar 6 Advisors. And we're talking about the economy. Where are we in the cycle? Uh, do we have some more good times left? And you mentioned rising interest rates and the impact there. What would you expect for interest rate increases moving forward for the next two years? Well, I've, I've been pretty surprised that uh, yields have actually started to come down uh, over the last uh, two, three months. But the trend has been up. I mean, we're up about 100 basis points on the 10-year Treasury since Brexit. Uh, the, ten, uh, the yield curve in, in Europe is moving up. In Japan, it's moving up. Uh, real rates are moving up. Inflation expectations are moving up. The Fed's already signaled that they're going to raise rates at least two, three times to get back to some kind of normal interest rate policy, it, it just points to higher rates, you know, and, and definitely a 3% on the on the 10-year Treasury is, is doable within the next 12 to, let's say, 18 months. And I think well, we won't see a 10-year Treasury go above 4, um, 3.5, maybe 4 on the high side. 
but I don't think we'll see a 5% 10-year treasury in this cycle, this next cycle. Okay. So what do you think that means for a commercial loan or a multifamily loan, say, two years from now, as far as the rate, what might we be looking at? Um, well, we're at, we're at like four or five right now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, five or six. And, and you got to remember, too, Fannie and Freddie have a big, you know, influence on the multifamily market. And banks uh, give preferential treatment uh, to multifamily loans because it's a different property sector. It's 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 less risky. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, the rates will definitely move up and whatever what pushes them up or what restricts mortgage flows will probably be that we're in the late stage of the supply cycle. Um, apartments are the, the latest in the construction cycle. That's going to have an impact on underwriting standards. And maybe the rates don't go up, but I think underwriting standards will probably be more restrictive going forward. What about hospitality? What do you think there? Uh, on the hotel side, it really depends on the market and depends on the segment. Yeah. Um, obviously, if it's a, uh, you know, a major flag with a, a great brand and good quality and a urban location, um, you know, I think that'll hold up well, but your lower quality suburban product um, will probably see um more restrictive um, lending standards. Yeah. Well, what would be a closing tip, Larry, for maybe a company that uh, is making real estate decisions uh, for their their properties, for their company, or are people who uh, control or own commercial properties? Sure. Um, First thing is, is I would go ahead and put in place some contingency plans for a late uh, 2018 deceleration and a recession, you know, in 2021 through 23. I think it's always better to be prepared. Um, Look at your business strategy. Um, Make sure your business model is up to date. You have the best people, the best technology, focus on your clients, really focus on, you know, the the property sector and type that you're really good at and kind of hunker down and and, and get ready. Um, And then also on the Liability side, get your balance sheet together, build those relationships with those banks and be ready to emerge from this and, and take take the opportunities that will be presented to you at the end of 18 and definitely in 2023 when when all this comes comes back again in the next cycle. Yeah. Well, those are good tips, Larry. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate you being on the show. You're welcome. Thanks, all right. Thanks. And thank you for joining us on the radio stations, iTunes, YouTube, or the show website, SarahEshow.com. Be sure and join us next week. We'll have another great show for you. And until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh, and join us for the Commercial Real Estate Show. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty, Asset and Occupancy Solutions. Excelligent, building data everywhere. Get Valuate, online investment analysis. Apto, your entire brokerage in the cloud. And Build Out, the marketing tool for your brokerage. For more on Atlanta commercial real estate, visit CREshow.com and click the tab Atlanta.